Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 16 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. My guest today is narrator Erin Moon, but also known as Felicity Monroe in the romance genre. Welcome, Erin, to Audiobook Lovin'. How are you doing today? I'm doing so well, and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. I know. I was so excited. We were talking back and forth, and we were able to figure things out and and timing and everything. And so I'm so excited to talk to you and get to know you better. Me too. Me too. It's fun to meet this way, and then we'll meet in person and be like, oh, hi, friend. Yeah. friend. (laughs) We go way back. Yeah. Well, it becomes one of those things. I mean, I I know that usually I say it off air, but, Mm -hmm. you know, bodies come out of the woodwork um, and- uh, (laughs) And we get to know each other just by conversations and things like that. And so yeah. it's, it's a lovely community that we live in. So it sure is. We're yeah. so lucky. Yeah. But why don't we start with having you tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been narrating and how you got started. Okay. Um, so I have a kind of, I have a funky, funky entrance story. <laughs> um, so I'm a classically trained actor. I always wanted to be an actor. Like I think since I was a little kid, I saw Shirley Temple do something when I was really young, maybe like Annie. And I was like, that, that is, <laughs> that is what my life needs to be. And so I was in New York city and I was, you know, slogging along, uh, temping and auditioning and doing theater shows, like kind of stepping out of the city, which is what a lot of New York actors do. You go away, you live in New York to work in like Arkansas. And, um, cause that makes sense. <laughs> and, um, and so I was doing that and, you know, it's not, fulfilling work for me anyway, to be temping. And a friend of mine said, well, I, you know, she said, I work at recorded books. And I was like, Ooh, I like books, which is what a lot of people (laughs) who are in this industry get, get told. I like books and, um, I, I like to read. And, uh, and she was like, yeah, uh uh-huh, (laughs) uh-huh. I know that you're an actor and I know it seems like what I'm saying is I work recording books, but she said, actually, cause she was an MFA trained actor as well. And she said, actually, I edit, direct, and proof books, and that's my my survival job. And I was like, well, that sounds so much better than putting on nice clothes that I bought 10 years ago at like a, a cheap store to try to look good in the temping world in New York. Yeah. <laughs> and so I started working at Recorded Books in 2005, and that's exactly what I did. I, I directed and edited and proofed. I mean, I've tried to figure out how many books I must have worked on. And I mean, I probably worked on like a thousand, but I probably saw to their, did most of or saw to their end about 400. Wow. Um, and it was like with all of the people who made this business, this business, like just the, the creme de la creme, like Robin mm-hmm. Miles and Dion Graham and George Guadal and Suzanne Torin and Carol Monda and Ro- uh, Rosenblatt and just like, just everybody. And so I got to work with them and listen to them for like 35 hours a week. Gee, darn. Years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it super sucked. I hated it so much. No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> and I also, it was kind of cool because I started booking more theater gigs when I had that job because I was just happier. Like my survival job made me happy instead of made me go, oh dear God, I've got to do anything but this. Um, and so then I started the, the casting director saw me in a show off Broadway 
And they they didn't always like it when the actors would transition to narration because they kind of knew that once we got into the narration <laughs> side, we'd probably leave the post-production side and directing side. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> uh, so I started narrating in 2009 uh, in New York. And then I moved and I that's what I was doing. And I pretty quickly transitioned away and just started narrating as my main survival job, um, which is funny because it was my job. It is an acting job. <laughs> I just play all the parts instead of one. Um, but in, And I do theater sometimes too. And then I moved to Vancouver um, on the unceded and ancestral territories of the Musqueam, Skohomish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations, which is where I live now, about in, I think, 2014. Mm. And it was awesome because I could bring my work with me because that's right when people were starting to build home studios. And that's exactly what happened. I walked into Audible one day, talked to Kat and Mike and said, I'm moving and I'm scared because I love this so much and I don't want to stop doing it. And it's like the best acting work. And they said, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. Just build a booth, Aaron. You can still work for us. <laughs> Very nonchalantly, like, what's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, ah, I'm moving. I'm in my late 30s. This is the scariest thing ever. Uh, and so that's exactly what I did. And then I've been uh, in my home studio since moving here. And I also do education stuff as well. Um, so I do a lot of like panels and workshops and coaching and stuff like that. Yeah, you are a jack of all trades. Yeah, I have a lot of hats. Mm -hmm. I wear them all. <laughs> I like hats. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find yourself that you're a learner and that's kind of like how you started doing all these different things to learn something new? I think so. And I think like for me, I'm a, I'm a nurturer too. So I really love to be able to help someone else. So having this kind of funky entry point and also a broad entry point into this particular industry it was nice because I could actually nurture other people along. Like when people came into my life or when um, people needed coaching, I felt like I actually fundamentally had something to offer, um, which also lights me up. So it's kind of like if I'm not in story and working with story, then I want to help help someone with their story. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> Whatever great. that's evolving into. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it's definitely interesting how... So coming from corporate world here, yeah, yeah. Um, usually we, we talk about the different entry points in a career and we have what we call career ladders yeah. and what you kind of, you, where you start and, you know, kind of moving up the ranks and then you're yeah. going to peak and things like that. Uh, a lot of people don't really talk about what's that potential of a career ladder, right? Because it's not real corporate uh, yeah. when it comes down to audio, what that looks like. Um, and a lot of people didn't even know that there was like director of audiobooks. Yeah. What yeah. does a director of audiobooks do for those oh, that may it, not know? <laughs> yeah. So it's a fascinating thing. So it kind of varies. You know, what's kind of nice is it used to be like we would called engineers and mm -hmm. I'm not <laughs> like I'm <laughs> to say I'm an engineer is like really doing a disservice to all the incredible sound engineers out there. Um, I knew how to press stop and go. And I did, I did know how to edit some things out and I did know how to compress files. I don't and know how to do that stuff anymore. Um, but, be, but I was taught all of that just enough to, to be able to do my job. And it was overseen by real sound engineers. So the director job now 
because before it was all we were almost anyone who was on the other side of the glass was called an engineer. Then once in a while, you'd get a real treat and you'd get a director who was like a fellow audiobook narrator. So I, I remember my first director was Suzanne Torin, and I'd worked with her at Recorded Books for four and a half years. And, and Suzanne's an amazing, like she's a lifelong actor and lifelong audiobook narrator. And so she really, like she read the whole book just like I did. She prepped it just like I did, looked at all the characters and everything. And then if there was say a sentence where I just didn't, I just didn't hit the word stress the way that it would have, you know, more easily happened. If I didn't stop myself, then she would stop me. And it all depends on the actor. Because with somebody who has a higher skill set or like has been doing it for a while, you don't stop them very often. You basically stop them when they say wrong words. One of the things I would do when I was directing is even with these incredible actors is the only time I would stop them because they stop themselves if they screwed up a word or I would stop for that. Once in a while, I would stop them and say, hey, can you just do that one again? And I wouldn't even say why. And they knew. They knew they'd kind of squeaked one in. And I know that as an as a narrator too, because there's not a single book that's ever been recorded by the best people in this industry that didn't have a sentence that had a bad word stress. Like, because it's about the overall story. It's not about sentence to sentence to sentence as much. Um, and so for a director now, and even then, it just really depends on the skill set of that narrator and what you what you kind of know you're gonna get out of them. Um, and so sometimes if there's also, it gives you somebody to talk some of your character choices through with, to be like, so this is what I'm thinking, or, you know, and this is why. And if they've actually prepped the book, because not all directors prep the books before, some just come in and they're read-alongs and they're just there to kind of keep you true to the word that's on the page um, and your acting choices. But it sometimes you can actually have that talk beforehand and be like, so this is what I get from this book. Cause a lot of what we do is literary analysis. Yeah. A huge, huge part of what we do. Yeah. So a director kind of, they can wear different hats. It all depends on the situation. That it's, it, see, it's very beneficial because there's mm -hmm. so many different ways that you can go about a character. Yeah. And especially, I think it would be very, like, it's really good if, like, if you're newer to the industry, yeah, you know, and by newer, sometimes I don't mean just like five, I'll talk about sometimes even like 20 books is still new. Yeah. 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 That's um, Yeah. Yeah. That you kind of want to bounce off ideas and things like that, or just saying, Hey, how would you, you know, do this scene or whatever, but or also just to have you, you know, be called out on a thing. No, I need more emotion. And now I have, yeah. an, now I have or less. Yes. <laughs> but I know, you know also like, Ooh, put the pressure cooker. You know what? Can we just go back on this paragraph? Can you put the pressure cooker lid on? Cause I think that if you hold it back, it's going to be more powerful, but I mm -hmm. like, I want to feel you holding it back. Yeah. 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 You don't want more cowbell. Yeah. yeah, you know, <laughs> for those yeah. that just dated myself a little bit from a reference from Saturday Night Live, you can look it up called Cowbell. <laughs> oh, I love it. I need, I need more Cowbell. Um, <laughs> totally. Totally. I love that. I love that. I haven't heard that in forever. Ah, uh, see, yeah. It's what you get when you hang out with me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little pop culture a little old SNL reference. Yeah. Well, that's that's a good example of Sometimes you just need a little bit. Yeah. Versus it being so in your face. Yeah. And you guys, again, if you 
don't know what I'm talking about, when you Google it, you will totally understand that reference about a little bit goes a long way, a little bit more than in your face kind of a thing. Yeah. But especially well, when what it, we're doing is so intimate, yeah. you know, it's like, we're right. I always think of it like, I'm really essentially telling my story to, to my deepest confessor, mm-hmm. because whether it's first person POV or third person limited, they are getting the most intimate, intricate opinions, subtext, feelings of that protagonist. And only one person's getting that. And that's the person who gets to hear my inside voice and my outside voice, <laughs> you know? So it's kind of like, it is, it's, it's an in- interesting, interesting form of storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not only is it just specifically oral, so your inner earbuds, if we're using yeah. earbuds or versus, you know, in the car, blasting it or in the house or whatever, yep. but you're also going off of what you're telling me as far as visuals, where you're at, how your emotions and hearing your conversation with the other characters, but then also feeling the, and inside, I really hated her guts. Yeah, Uh, yeah, 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 totally. (laughs) Because you're not seeing a facial like, oh, she's giving her sad eye. Uh, (laughs) There might be drama there. And so we're getting all this stuff. And so it's really intimate when we're having all that stuff, aside from the intimate, actual intimate moments. Yes, yes, which we also get, which are so great. I did a bunch today. Oh, good. I had I had multiple orgasms today. I'm just I'm just saying. <laughs> I will say that that is probably the biggest misconception to audiobooks and narrators is when it mm-hmm. comes down to the sexy times in the books. That yeah. there is um, a way to perform them specifically to the, are they, are they still blushing after a hundred plus odd books <laughs> to, are they still getting turned on? I mean, like, yeah. does it matter? So I'm yeah. sure and everybody would... approaches it differently too. Mm-hmm. like all performance. I was listening actually to the, uh, one of the interviews I did with my dear friend Vakas oh, Adam and oh, just a love. And, and he kind of mentioned it too. It's like, everybody kind of approaches this work differently, just Mm -hmm. like stage work, just like film and television. You know, you have the people who are like total method and they go, you know, all the way in. And then there's, you know, and there's other people who hold things a little bit closer to the vest and people who make larger character choices and smaller. And that's same with the sex scenes and romance, right? Like Mm -hmm. some people keep it in, some people let it out and it just depends. And it depends on the book and the genre of romance, right? In a sweet romance, I might not have a, yes, you know, I might not give that much. Right. Because it's not appropriate for that listening crew um, because it's closed door romance and nothing's being seen. It's it's about two people falling in love in a in a different way or from a different angle. Yeah. So it's interesting, like how it is so individual, Mm -hmm. both for listeners and for narrators. Yeah. Well, I think, too, from a listener's perspective, we have I always say there's almost like two camps, Mm -hmm. one that is more interested in the story of how people got together in a relationship and then there's some other and the other camp is more about the the nitty-gritty dirty talk you know and the the dirty times and this and this you know the spiciness of it all not to say that they're also not interested in the story Mm -hmm. but there are the ones that are going to give you shit if you are you know having us do it an extra slow burn or not enough scenes or you know, you said it was steamy, but this is not steamy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, 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 totally, totally. Uh, yeah. It depends what they're coming for and why they stay 
too, because sometimes, you know, the first book, say in a series has a little bit more of that. And then those two people fall in love and they're working through their shit, but they're kind of progressing on with their lives. And then the story becomes more about the world building and the relationships at large. I think of this particularly in fantasy romance. And, you know, there's one or two hot sex scenes, but it's not the same as in book one. And it's about your investment in the characters and again, what you're coming for and what you stay for. And it, that again is individual. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and you made a real good point about the, the different subgenres in romance. Yeah. The fantasy and the PNRs and the contemporaries and things like that. And then they add, of course, the lovely tropes, like an added yeah. layer of, because even like in romantic suspense, you're going, you guys are getting shot at. Stop making out. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yes, yes, we all know his chest is broad and chiseled. Now is not the time to pay attention to said things. <laughs> yes, but that's exactly when she notices it as oh, he's yeah. running away from the boom that just happened. Kaboom, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and a, and a bullet just missed her. Yeah. His, his manliness as he runs, you know, and like, it's like, I can't wait to eat that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I go, I'm like, I know I'm supposed to suspend the list belief and everything, but yeah. come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's also where I, I say that it definitely is about the genre and what is added to it when and things like that. So it's definitely a fun discovery, I think, sometimes yeah. of how much is there going to be and what am I doing or what's being done to me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. What do yeah. I want done to me? Yeah. yeah, you know, things like that. Cause it's just one of those, like, I know some readers are also like what they call mood readers. Mm. So if they're in a happy mood, if they need to have something a little bit more dark, if they're more in the sensual stuff, and then they'll ebb and shoes depending on how their feelings. So it's it's a really interesting yeah. dynamic of how people listen to their books. Yeah. But yeah. But thank you for sharing um both the directors. I know that's something that a lot of people kind of come up with and we're like well I didn't know there was a director position um (laughs) and the same thing with like the the taboo subject of sex and performing it and how to go about it um uh, along the lines of more process and things like that since you kind of started on the opposite end Mm -hmm. of audiobooks and you were on the uh, I like to call them backstage you know Mm -hmm. behind the curtain in front of the curtain kind of thing and did your process for like prepping a book change from being a director to then having to narrate the book themselves? Or did you find that it was the exact same thing for you? Well, because of the, because the directing that I did was more like engineer directing. Um, and so many of the people were really highly established. And if I had a new narrator, I'd guide them more, but I'd never got the book beforehand. So I, it was always like, they're telling me the story just like I'm a listener first time. And so I kind of love that. I thought it was nice because then you actually have your first listener right there with mm-hmm. you in the booth that day. Um, so for me, uh, so much of it comes from being a theater actor, being a, being a theater person for my life. So a lot of it has to, is like I knew research lists because a recorded books is one of the companies that actually has a research, research department. And so I knew that research was really important. Um, And I knew that I'd get some help with that in some companies and not help with that in other companies. So I got, you know, that kind of stuff. And every book has something that you got to ask about. Um, And and then the character list stuff was really 
script analysis. So all the stuff I learned in theater school, it's like I was saying, like literary analysis or script analysis is is so much of what we do for understanding the, I mean, the whole feel of a book and on top of everything about how the world is built via those characters too because you know there's world building that's happening because of the description of the world but the world building that then comes on to us either as a reader or as an audiobook narrator we are making that world based on the people who are in it as well right and so i've got to just like if i read the book i would world build based on those people like before i ever saw a harry potter movie i had world built all of those characters I, ha- I knew them backwards and forwards. I knew what mm. they looked like, what they felt like, what they, all of that. I had that in my head. Um, and so the same thing happens when I'm, when I'm prepping now, I write out everything about those characters. What are their relationships to each other? Um, anything about where they come from, their size, you know, cause I can't do someone who's described as willowy and be like, Hey, how are you doing? You know? <laughs> would really really unless it says unless it's like a fantasy where it's like the willowy people had very strangely low voices um (laughs) unless it's written in the book I have to honor you know if the if the best friend is the enthusiast who's like I know you can do this you're the best like I'm gonna I'm gonna go for somebody who's like the cheerleader and then if somebody who's the best friend who kind of like makes you do things because they kind of want to see if you fail or if you succeed, you know, that's going to be in the story of who those characters are outside of my protagonist. Um, So a lot of that stuff comes from theater school, from doing script analysis work, and I've kept it through the years. Yeah. Which is, I just now have spreadsheets. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, hey, I love a good spreadsheet, color coded even better. Please stop talking dirty to me. (laughs) Yeah, character names, specific characteristics, their accents, accent work. How many scenes are they in? Are they a major player or a small player? Mm, Yes. (laughs) I put it in my spreadsheet. Yeah. Yeah. But it it does help because, I mean, that's something too. It's like, how do you figure out how they're going to sound? Well, a lot of times the author had already told you. Yeah. And, and not the, oh, she sounds like a cheerleader, but mm-hmm. in the, the, you know, the kind of friend that they are, the, yeah. the, if they're enthusiastic, like you, your examples were spot on. And I literally went, God, she's a friend, but also a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah Like she's the friend who's got a dark side, right? Yeah. You know her. Mm-hmm. You're like, is she going to fuck things up at the end or is she going to grow? Because sometimes your friends grow with you in a book. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. Right. Sometimes yep. they become the nemesis. Who knows? But I yeah. also, if they become the nemesis, I don't want to give it away at the beginning. Yeah. So I have to also be mindful about the story crafting of like, if that friend who I was giving the uh, voice to ends up being a, a jerk at the end and you don't kind of know, I don't want to, I want to be light on my choice with her at the beginning because I don't want you to know that she's going to be my nemesis at the end. She's got to start out, even if she's a bit bitchy or something like that with me and not a good, not the best friend. I still want to be a gentle because otherwise you're going to, you're going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just going to screw you. Don't listen to her. She's just going to screw you. And unless it's very obvious at the beginning of the book, I have to be mindful about not giving things away. 
Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, that's important too, because if, especially if you're doing anything that has that and that twist at the end, oh my God, yes. you know, yes. or, or like the mystery and the thrillers and all that other, you know, again, even romantic suspense, it yeah. was you <laughs> all along with all your along. beautiful chiseled jazz <laughs> and your rumbly have... baritone. Yeah. I should have known when you took your shirt off <laughs> and my knees went weak. Yeah. And things happened in my panties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what gave it away? It's that move that you do with the back. Like when you put your hand on the back and you pull the shirt off, that was such a douchey guy move. Oh no. my God. The hockey <laughs> shirt, please. I grew up in yeah. Canada. Ah, I see? know the hockey shirt. Well, we practice it as, we practice it as small children. <laughs> <laughs> And now it's like, and TikTok thirst, thirst traps. <laughs> I should totally start the, the hockey, the, the audiobook narrator hockey shirtathon. Oh yeah, you should. See how, many pe- see how many people I can get to do it on TikTok. Oh, that would be, that would be fun. That would actually be pretty fun. That would be fun. Yeah. Cause there's been a couple of you guys that are, have been like really like rolling into like you guys for people that are not quote unquote on camera. Yeah. Damn. You guys were like. TikTok, we're here. <laughs> you know, it's creative. I so I've been so reticent about self-promotion. Like I didn't even start doing letting anybody know I was in my little padded box until like 2019. And I was really happy with that because as a as an actor, you spend your whole life doing so much promotional stuff. And I was so happy to finally not have to promote myself and be working consistently. And then, in, and then as things kind of started to shift and build, I realized I do actually need to do some self-promotion and also for our listeners, because like we don't have as much access and communication with listeners as I think most of us would like, because we're listeners too. Like we just happen to be doing it, but we also like, we're part of the community. We don't feel like it's us and listeners and, and, you know, it's like an authors and everybody's all separate. We're like, especially as a narrator we're like, yes, we're in it. We're part of the community. And so I also just wanted to finally connect with listeners and authors. Um, and, and TikTok, I was really reticent about it until like this spring or something. And it's actually creative. And I think that's why a few of us are kind of digging it. Cause it, it's, you get to do like little videos. And if your friend has a video that you like, you can do edit and then it helps your friend out. And, it feels, I don't know, it's got a different kind of vibe going on in yeah. the book talk world. Yeah, it's almost like you're doing it to promote, but it's not coming out that way. It's almost yeah. like hanging out. So because it has a different sense, yeah, it looks different. I know that as a girl that is not comfortable in front of the camera, it has <laughs> been interesting to kind of figure out the TikTok world yeah. of things. Um, but there have been a few of you guys that are narrators that are like, only the audio. I'm like, yeah, but I don't sound like that. So I don't think this is going to work, Right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. I love seeing you guys and having your fun. And I think the, one of the latest things that you guys were, a lot of you guys were doing was that trick where it was like bending down. Oh yeah. The drop of the music, <laughs> but in a sexy way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I did that. I think with Marnie and someone yes, else. Yes, Marnie. Yeah, and she's like, yeah. oh, and there was a couple. There was one guy who was hilarious. He's like, my back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. good. It's so good. But yeah. um, so it is. It gets us to be able to have a little mm-hmm. bit more fun and make that connection with listeners and authors, which is 
again, yeah, I guess it's marketing and self-promotion, but it's that kind that feels like you're just saying hi to your community, you know, because it's really, I'm not trying to, uh, like Marnie said, I think actually in a TikTok, she said, I never, and I wholly, wholly have felt this my whole life. I never have wanted to be famous ever. I have always wanted to be known enough in my field that I get consistent work that I love. That's it. Yep. That's I love that. But when she said that, I was yeah. like, that's yep. because people have a misconception of what fame looks like, yeah. what it entails. And that what do you, you know, people are goal settings, right? I think like, yeah. I want to be famous. Like, no, I, I just, I want to be known as someone that helped. Mm-hmm. And I want to be known as someone that did her due diligence in learning about the, the community yeah. and how things worked in order to become a subject matter expert, but someone that can help someone else and yeah. find the ride and, and figure things out and things like that. Yeah. I don't need to be famous. <laughs> I, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just in the, in the field, in, in community Having and fun. working, working and doing work that I love. Yeah. Which I'm and, blessed, blessed to do. Yeah. And, and I think also too, from an author's perspective, the you, fact that you guys are having fun and yeah. the listeners are interacting with you guys. We're like, so, hey, Anne, what's the next book coming out for Felicity? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, or if you guys are in the booth and you're busting out with, oh, my God, this scene. Yeah. And, you know, because people will make the list. Some people have it in a notebook. <clears throat> Others mm-hmm. have it electronically about what's coming up next and what am I going to buy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and like that's a huge there is not an audiobook book. If there is. I don't know why they're doing what they're doing, but there is not a single audiobook narrator who doesn't wholly respect authors, like at a very high level, the story creators and the story capturers. And, and, and so anytime we can help an author promote something we have been involved in, or like if an author is excited that you're going to do their book, you're like, I'm excited too. And you're like, yes, great. Let's, let's help get people. Re- Cause I don't care if they read it or listen to it, honestly, like if I'm just excited about a book that's happening, whether you mm-hmm. read it or listen to it, just just get in story. Like story builds empathy, story builds compath- compassion. And if nothing is going to change this bloody world, then it's going to be those two things. So like if you can get into a story, great. I don't care how you do it. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> and true. so I love helping authors cross promote. Oh, my gosh. So much. <laughs> Well, we also love seeing you guys excited about the work. I know you were saying about having like that day job scenario or survival mode kind of a thing, Ugh. but knowing that you guys are having fun and you're enjoying this character, whether the character is an asshole or not, because sometimes it's fun playing the bad guy. Uh huh. You know, it is for me going, Oh, she's having fun. I'm still getting that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And also it's, it's something v- relatively new because a lot of like maybe five or six years ago, you guys were all, behind the, the curtain stage you guys yeah. did not venture outside of your booths no, um <laughs> you know we didn't know if we needed to cast you we had to go to like an official place you yeah. know in, in a yeah. website and then hope that someone would e- read the email and give me your freaking email address um yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. so it's almost like old guard new guard is how i've always been describing it so there's still a lot of narrators that are very old card that they, they do the book, they're done and that's it. They move on to the next. But again, I totally get that because you guys are busting out these books left and right. Yeah. It's a lot to keep yeah. in, you know, but then other, the newer guards are more in the 
inclusive as far as the marketing side of things and, and sharing the, the love and, and giving us bloopers and inside scoops and things like that. And I'm like, yay. <laughs> yeah. It feels like opening the door, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think we, you know, it's hard to say anything positive's come out of the last two years, but um, the opening of people's doors and people's homes mm-hmm. um, has been something that's been, um, I think it has had a lot of benefit mm-hmm. to, to our communities. Yeah. Is that like window into people's lives? Cause you were like, anybody, anybody out there, anybody? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Megan Tusi does a, a Tusi on the loose and oh, yeah. oh my God. She's like, so cute. and I'm here all by myself <laughs> again. again. Yeah. Yeah. Talking to my plants. <laughs> There's me in my padded box, but not an insane asylum. I swear. Just telling myself stories all day long <laughs> with different characters in different places. <laughs> she's awesome I love her but yeah I mean I think human beings are curious naturally and some of us kind of are one of those like we want to know more and so hence the learners and things like that but we're also a little bit of like that voyeur that we kind of want to know how things turn out what does that look like is your booth like why does all the 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 sounding thing is always black you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. so you guys letting us in and some of your processes and systems and things like that is really cool. I, re- I yeah. know that a lot of listeners really do enjoy everything from the blooper stuff to the what you're working on, because uh, that helps with, the, you know, as when we follow you guys. So yeah, thank you for that. So yeah, I think yeah. a couple of very rare, but smaller two things have come out that have been good out of this whole yeah. <laughs> pandemic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like, uh, I, I hate myself for even meant, even getting near saying that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, hey, you sometimes you gotta. I'm like, I'm that girl that tries to find the silver lining. Yeah. In the worst of things, and I'm like, sometimes that is a. Hey, I'm still here mentally. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like, big congratulations to all. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, do you keep your blooper reels? So I don't. Um, Ah, damn also, punch and roll system. I know, I know. And I just listened to Savannah Beachwood's uh, interview with you too. And I was like, she's a dear one. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. I love that woman. Um, and I, same thing. Like, I'm just so like, tick, 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 tick. like I'm right mm-hmm. into that punch and roll and I'm like in the story. And when I'm in the story and doing those things, yeah. I never even think to do the blooper reel. And you know, the first person I know that I know who like, she actually used to send it around to her friends. Uh, I, I think it was around Christmas time was Gabra Zachman. Oh, I love she her. would make this <laughs> incredible blooper reel. Mm-hmm. And I know actually, I think it wasn't just a blooper reel. I think it was lines from romances that she'd done and she put them all together. So it was just, I mean, it was dirty. It was dirty. <laughs> yeah. um, and we loved it. She stopped doing it, I think, oh gosh, like seven or eight years ago. But it was one of the things that she put together every year for her friends was, hmm. I think it was either, I think it might've been a blend of bloopers and lines from romances that she'd done where she was like, oh no, that, that line is romance perfection. It is absolutely going into that reel. And it was oh, so good. So it has made me think, it has made me think, okay, if, if don't just press stop the second that you screw up, because <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah. It kind of makes me wonder, because I know depending on your setup, 
if you mm-hmm. could do another like a phone or a camera like a device that records right that records along with you as far as from the moment you walk in and the yeah. moment that you have that fuck up it's still yeah. recording it you know and so you yeah, have yeah. the video of it so yeah there's got to be because some some narrators are like sharing bloopers left and right and then i'm like but at the same time I'm going do i really want to be here any longer in this hot place? yeah it takes a long time so that's the thing is it it ad- does add yeah. time mm-hmm. yeah and i mean yes hot booth i'm sitting here in my bra <laughs> that's this is how i dress for for work nowadays <laughs> oh you sexy thing I know, I it's a really really mangy sports bra <laughs> The glamorous job of an audio I mean, narrator. Not, it's, it's lace and it's good to push up and it's very silky, I swear. It gives you vivaciousness, yes. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> like I bike to my booth. My my booth is at my sister's house um, because my apartment's too loud. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I have to bike 16 kilometers to her house. So like, I don't know, like to nine miles, nine miles. Dang. Um, uh-huh. And it's mostly uphill on the way there. So, you know. <sighs> It's unfriendly. And then, and then I, I'll bike home and it's mostly downhill and I'm like, wee. And I listen, that's when I listen <laughs> to audiobooks because it's an hour commute there and a 45 commute home. And, and so I, that's when I listen. Um, but it also means that when I get to my booth, I, I'm not pretty. I'm not pretty. <laughs> I would be winded. I'd be like, oh, <sighs> yeah, that's this, my is not the, this is not the sexy voice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, but then I also wonder, did your sister buy the house first and then you moved up there or the other way around? Because that's a, a definitely a sibling thing. We're like, hey, I want her to come over. <laughs> yeah, well, that's been the blessing of being here. So before I was at my, in my cousin's basement, mm-hmm. I just I just hang out in my family's basements. That I yeah, at least you have basements. In okay? their basements. Yeah, it's true. Um, right, because you're in Miami, right? Orlando, Florida. Yep. Orlando. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. But basically, no Florida. Yeah, no basements. No basements. No basements. Um, and so yeah, so I've been in. I was in his basement for a while. They got some electric electrics redone, so I had to move my booth. And so then it was my sister's basement. Before that, I actually did have a two bedroom, and it was in my second bedroom. But then I I, I fell in love with a boy, and. Uh, <laughs> And we moved in and I moved into his place and he's by a big road. He's by a major road. So there's enough sound that it's not worth it mm-hmm. to try to navigate that. So uh, my sister was like, yeah, put it in my basement and I get to see her every day. And Yay. she, it's amazing. And before she was working mm-hmm. now, she actually, she stopped working, but she's getting her master's. Mm-hmm. And so she's mostly at home doing the education stuff. So I get to see her all the time, which is amazing. We lived apart for 18 years. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Family's you, huge. When you guys get along, we do now. <laughs> <laughs> I love the caveat. Not I think as I, kids. Yeah. We would, bo- we would both admit that as kids, it was not friendly. Oh, but God. as grown ups, we adore each other. That's We're making good. up for all that lost time. Yeah, I know. Um, I have an identical twin sister. Oh, so, so it's not your traditional. Oh my god, you guys are twins and you're like best friends. Like, fuck no, get the hell away from me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, why are you always here and why do you look the same? Yeah, my thing was like, if you're going to borrow my clothes, can you at least let me know in advance that you want to borrow it so I can either tell you, yeah, go ahead or no, because I'm gonna use it for something. Yeah, you know, yeah. Though it was yep. a couple of fun times. I think I got kissed by a boy once, thinking it was her and vice versa. So yeah. <laughs> 
That's fantastic. Yeah. I know a friend of mine that had a crush on me ran up to her and there was a, like a year or two in school difference. So he had already moved on to the next school. So we were like in middle school. So he was in high school, comes back to visit and sees her walking like her back. So it thinks like specifically for me and he runs up to her and everything grabs her, spins her around and gives her like a pop kiss on the lips. And he, she's like, um, who you at? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, um, no, nope, wrong nope, sister. Nope. Don't know you, but thanks for that. Maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But now we get along. She lives uh, two hours away from me. So I oh, try great. to go visit her. Yeah. There's no way I'm doing a bike ride there, girl. No. Um, I love her, but no. Mm-mm. Um, but I do try to visit her at least once a month and go different things around there and antiquing and a lot of that yeah. stuff. But yeah. Aww, but so yeah. Nice. I, well, I'm glad that you guys um get along, get to hang out because Dude, that bike ride uphills. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's good. It's like it helps allay the amount of alcohol I've drank in the last two years. <laughs> Talk about also getting in shape or at least staying, yeah. staying healthy, right? It's really good for my mental health. Like it has been extraordinary for my mental health during what, you know, this is a very hard, it's been a very yeah. hard time. And so just being outside and I, I live in an environment that, the outside world is gorgeous. Like right now it's total nature porn. Like it is, everything is bursting. It is cherry blossoms and um, just every blossoming bush that there could possibly is blossoming. There's the birds are crazy. So it's like, there's just times of year. And even the fact that I can ride my bike almost all year is amazing. So it does help. And especially cause I have to be so still in my work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I had a friend that uh, lived out in Canada too, and we I would get photos sometimes, and I'm going, yeah, I wouldn't mind living there in Canada, yeah. um, but y'all are also very particular about who you let in. <laughs> yeah, well, and it wasn't easy for me to come to the states either. I uh, I yeah. fell in love. That was my only shot, and it mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of pros and cons to different things, uh, yeah. but it is it is on my bucket list to go visit. And spend some Come time to my there. city. You will yeah. be welcomed and you yeah. have a friend. Yay. Oh, <laughs> that's a true too. When it comes down to like going to places that I've never been to before, yeah. I get nervous. Yeah. And I would be like, it's okay. I'll just stay at the hotel. I need the friend to say, get your ass up. We're going looking. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Let me show you the pretty things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go on a bike right Wait, Where are we going to your, <laughs> I don't trust you. Don't worry. We'll walk. We'll walk. I swear. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tour of the studio. No. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing that definitely aside from the great stories and, you know, some of the adventures that we get to live vicariously through, through the characters is um, that we get to listen and love about you guys is accent work. <laughs> <laughs> and you, my dear, have, a plethora of accents that you do. Yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite accent to perform? Um, I love doing Scottish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to British was like, I did British since I was a little kid, I think bed knobs and broomsticks. And that was it for me. Like I do, I do uh, standard Brit and Cockney. And also when I first graduated from theater school, I got cast as 20 year old, like 18 to 20 year old British girls 
from the 1890s to 1910, like almost every gig I booked mm-hmm. was me being a British girl. Hmm. Um, and so Brit- British is easy peasy for me, but lately I've been doing, Scottish has come up in a bunch of books and I'm doing a, a, a dragon shifter series. And oh my God, there's so many Scottish dragon shifters. Um, and I do really enjoy it. There's something about it that is just super fun in the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's an exercise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely fun. And yeah, you're true. I mean, like why uh, of all the PNRs that I read and I love, that's like my favorite genre is like, mm-hmm. Oh, look, dragons. Oh, and Scottish. <laughs> yeah. Irish. Yeah. Scottish. I, I did a whole bunch of Russian in the last, but Russian and Eastern European. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm kind of curious to see who's going to be the author that busts out with dragons, but from like, the south yes <laughs> see and i've done shifter series that are in the south but they're often like wolf shifters yes or or multiple animals that like live in the like panthers and wolves mm-hmm. well and... like native to the areas to some extent yeah. right yeah. but again it yeah. is dragons and technically yeah. spoiler not real um <laughs> yeah <laughs> at least yeah. not nowadays maybe in the past i don't know i wasn't there but yeah. You know, um, this is where you get to definitely do the whole like disbelief thing and just, just for yeah. shits and giggles, because I'm going Scottish all the damn time. What is in there, dude? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently that's what's going on in Northern Scotland. Yeah. You guys got a- lots of dragon shifters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like we visit, of course you don't see any, but whatever. Um, anyways, <laughs> what about your least favorite accent to perform? Mm, least favorite is more like because it's so hard. So I actually have, I have a book coming up that I'm in uh, July that I'm going to start to record. And one of the listed accents is one that I have not done. And I am dreading, mm-hmm. which is Welsh. Oh. And I do the British, I do, I've spent so much time in the British Isles actually physically, but also I've done plays and books with so many Irish, Scottish, British, but Welsh is like, I'm going to have to do a lot of work before I get on that one, because it is its own. You can slip into so many other accents when you're doing Welsh that I, that is one that I'm like, I'm ready to climb that mountain. I'm ready to climb that mountain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. See about three or four years ago, I probably would tell you, you know what it's called a field trip and it's technically product knowledge. Right. Now, you know, but nowadays I'm going, damn it, YouTube. <laughs> right there. No traveling. Right there. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't blame you. I think uh the British, even though as lovely as it is, there's so many different nuances depending on where from the island totally. you're in. Yeah. Yeah. And there, and that's you know, the thing about audiobooks, I feel like around accent, I think sometimes people get really um, narrators, I think sometimes get really, uh, like, oh, I have to get that this exact region. I have to get this exact region. Right. And yeah, if the book takes place, takes place there, you do, but they got to hire someone from who has a history from that region. Like there's enough people, you you just got to hire the right people. Um, as opposed to if, if my natural accent is an American or, you know, general American accent, then anything that I'm going to deviate from that, the, the suspension of disbelief for the listeners is going to come along for that ride. So do I have to get every single exact nuance of that exact region for this exact thing exactly right? No, I actually don't. Because 
it, it's not as important as the story. And the story is the protagonist's story. And the protagonist should have the same or at least a similar accent to me. So say like American or American South or something that comes very easily to, to me, then everybody else is an addition to that. And so I'm a, I'm a believer that like, I'm going to try to do my very best always. I'm, not, I'm definitely not a slacker um, in any way, uh, but I also know that I'm not going to get every sound right because I'm not from there. Like at the end of the day, I can be exceptional at accents and I'm, I do have quite a facility with them, but I'm not from there. So there's a certain suspension of disbelief that's going to come along for the ride. I'm also voicing another human being. So you're already believing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Especially that, 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 that hot just, dude that you do sometimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to take you out of the story. That's yeah. my job. Yeah. If you I don't, don't ever, you out, then yeah. we're good. You don't ever want to characterize it into the Lucky Charms Irish, you know, yeah, yeah. and things like yeah. that. But I will say that that um, it is something, too, that I know that you guys worry about because the, it's now such a global thing. You will have someone from Savannah, Georgia, oh. busting out with that is not a Savannah, Georgia accent yeah. and things like that. I mean, and then, of course, the reviews. But then again, yeah. when you have someone busting out with that is not a real Irish accent and it's about Gary Furlong and he's Irish. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like there's so many British people who get that all that, oh, they didn't know the Brit or, you know, French yeah. speakers or, you know, you've got an amazing uh, French accent and, and you can do the French really well. And they're like, that's not how that's pronounced. I mean, I've actually had this review. I mean, the French was really bad. I mean, I don't speak French, but, and I was like, then don't, you can't say that the French was bad <laughs> yeah. if you don't speak the language, but yep. you can, you can say whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Um, so it is in, and also we're the sum of our own experiences. So even saying like that, there is a Savannah, Georgia accent. It's like, what socioeconomic class? How old is the character? Yeah. Because the new Savannah, Georgia people don't sound old oh, South Savannah. They're not mm -hmm. doing that. It's, mm -hmm. it's often affluent, often older generations. So it's like, there's so much that's shifted. There's so many people in the South who are dropping their accents, like kids who are dropping their accent mm -hmm. early. So there's so many things that kind of are shifting around as our world becomes more and more connected and more and more um, people live in multiple places that it's also like, it's hard to say that there is this exact accent anymore. Yeah, there's like that, that person's and that family's, right? Mm -hmm. So there's that's why I kind of feel like that narrators can take a deep breath it's and okay. listeners can take a deep breath yes. and go, we are telling the story mm -hmm. and that's the most important thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I've, I've had some of those conversations when it comes out yeah. to like reviewing audiobooks, things you don't do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> things yeah. you that are not that important. It's okay. You know, yeah. um, just open up the compassion a yeah, bit. Just yeah. a little bit. But I am a huge advocate of casting appropriately. Yes. When it comes down to anything from accents to cultural to backgrounds and things like that. I, I know that for me too, it's an audiobook. So how do I know what you look like unless I saw a picture? But mm -hmm. there's certain things that are cultural. And yes. you know, and and that's something that I'm very like, okay, if you cannot do it because you're not from there or didn't grow up in that, you know, situation, you know, era, um, then don't. Let's hire someone that knows it better. Yeah. And, and it's sometimes it's education mm -hmm. that education comes from the narrator. Like I do feel like the industry as a whole has absolutely shifted most, mostly recently um, from doing 
casting that was a bit dicey before. Um, and they're getting really on top of that kind of casting. And in the indie world, it's sometimes it's listening to your audiobook narrator when, when you've hired them for something because you love them and they reflect back. I thank you so much. I love this story. I love this character. I love everything about it. I am not the right person for your job. I didn't realize this person was Latinx, or I didn't real realize this person comes from a Chinese background, or I didn't realize all of these things. I mean, speaking from my own experience, which is a white experience, right? So like that, you that really to hear that as much as possible, even as maybe an, an author of color, that when that gets reflected back, it's nobody's nobody's saying that your work isn't gorgeous or that they don't want to do it, but that you will find the right person for it. That that even though, yes, there is that uniqueness of casting, that there is still enough of us out there that you will find the another person who is more appropriate for your book and for your community because they have lived experience. Yeah. And also that's the where we live nowadays as far as that technology goes, going on Twitter and saying, hey, I need a fill in the blank, you know, mm. character because we have a character that's coming up that is with this background or accent. Um, and asking a lot of authors are now asking their listen the readers and their listeners, hey, who are your up and coming or who are the ones that you think need more love and things mm. like that? And then people get to kind of share you know new narrators and things like that yeah it's real fun yeah but i get it i mean as as a latina my favorite is when they they're like busting out with the accent and i'm going um some of us don't have accents because we've been born and raised here and if we do we don't sound mexican (laughs) because cuban (laughs) yeah exactly you're like where are you from oh right Mm -hmm. yeah 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 totally or or like myself complete utter mutt yeah yeah argentinian and chilean so yeah my yeah. accents all over the place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it's like, you know, tread lightly if it's not in the book, if it does not state, just because it says that somebody has a background mm-hmm. doesn't mean they have the accent. Right. It Ask just is. You know, it, well, and if out? it's not written in. Yep. If it's mm-hmm. not said, she said with her light or she said with her, you know, fill in the blank accent, um, then don't is the general mm-hmm. rule. Yeah. And if you're not sure if it feels like an accent has been written in, because some authors will kind of guide the language to have a feeling that an accent is there, but not stated outright. I always just ask because I'd rather ask and have them say, you know, I, I'm just not sure if this person has an accent and I don't say why, because I don't want to, you know, say anything about their writing. Um, then I get yes and no sometimes. And sometimes I get, oh yeah, I wouldn't have known that because there's a sequel coming out and you don't find out that they have the accent until the second book. Oh boy, that's fun. Oh yeah. That's like a running joke with me. I'm like, so like page 300 Russian accent. Yes. It's hard for listen. It's hard for readers too. Cause it's like, even if you're not narrating it, when you're reading a book, you are again, making up voices, your world building. So you want to know right away, right away. If someone's got an accent in a book mm-hmm. as a reader. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's um, fascinating. Five years forward, what's been going on in the audiobook industry? So, yeah, lots of yeah. good stuff. Lots of some of stuff, but anyways, um, <laughs> but good stuff because that's what we try to focus on, and then we educate ourselves and develop and get better. That's all exactly. we do. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We lift it up. Yeah. And some of the stuff has changed a lot in this uh, lovely book world, are especially within romance. I'd like to say that romance is like an umbrella. 
mm-hmm. with the different subgenres underneath it. So we have, like we were talking about, the paranormal and the shifters and the vampires and all that other fun stuff. Aliens kind of fall into that one too. Mm-hmm. And then we have the contemporaries and so on and so forth, you know, historical. And then even now it's even like a second umbrella is the, the lovely tropes. But is there a favorite subgenre of romance that you'd love to perform? Um, I... I really, I I really like doing urban uh, paranormal fantasy romance because I think I just love playing women who can shoot magic out of their hands. <laughs> <laughs> Don't piss me off. Boom. Yeah. Like, like it feels powerful. Like, mm-hmm. and they're usually complicated characters who have really interesting backgrounds and it's very empowering, honestly. Mm-hmm to to be in the seat of that character and I do find that they often like the mages you know the women who discover that they've have these magical abilities or they're trying to kind of navigate the magical world and um and the kind of mundane and magical world maybe it's secretive maybe it's not but I I have really and it's not something I read outside of like the vampire series interview with the vampire series and rice growing up I didn't read any fantasy and it it has been really fun to dive into that as the lead character. Um, so I've been really I've been really enjoying enjoying that for Good. for romance. Yeah, yeah. And even then, with that fantasy sci fi kind of genre, sometimes the authors are starting to kind of mix a little bit what the yeah. boundaries are because it used to be this was the arc type you know, for mm-hmm. what they used to call urban fantasy. And then this was like for more science fiction and, and mm-hmm. dystopia and stuff like that. Now everything sometimes can mix a little bit here, mix a little bit there. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and then, and then of course, for me, the other is rom-com. Mm-hmm. They're just so bloody fun. They're just super, <laughs> super fun. Like really, mm-hmm. it's just, I like being sassy. I love, I love a sassy character. Mm-hmm. I love someone who's stumbly and dorky too. Oh, that speaks right to my heart. Yeah. Right to the center of my dorky heart. Um, <laughs> and so I do, I do love it. those, those two, I think are, are my faves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I do like the strong women. I like the, the strong, independent, smart women yeah. that are sassy, but yes. then can be, you know, either have to learn to be vulnerable again because of past yeah. experiences, but the dorky nerd too is so yeah. cute. You know, oh. it's like, Oh, just like finding kind of like dorking your way into love. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to dork, <laughs> dork my way into love. Yeah. 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 Uh, my only, my only thing is, is uh, please don't have it be where the moment she takes off her glasses, all of a sudden she's hot. No. Yes. That does not work this way. I'm sorry. I wear glasses. No. I wow, wish. See. Wow, see. <laughs> and glasses are sexy boys. And if yep. you're girls. And people who don't identify as either boy or girl, but both. Yep. Um, and either or or other <laughs> glasses are sexy. That's all yes. I have to say. <laughs> yes. You know, there's lots of fun and sexiness and stuff like that. But when they're like, oh, I never noticed her. And and like, so what does she do different? Oh, she she wearing contacts. <laughs> and you know what's so funny is in the same tropes, um, when the guy doesn't wear his glasses, she doesn't like it as much. She's like, oh, you don't wear your glasses anymore. It was so cute. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. I wonder if that okay. comes, I wonder if that comes from like the whole Superman Clark Kent thing. Maybe. You know, we kinda... I think it, and the gen and the like gender role stuff around, around like 
oh, it's the good guys who went out in the end and they were actually the smart ones. And it's, the oh, job, yeah. you know, and it's, so I think it's sometimes a little bit of holding on to some of those old, uh, yeah, the architectural guy that you types. actually want to send a, have a happily ever after with. Yeah, true. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Oh, well. Interesting. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> Should do a panel for a convention one of these days. To oh, glasses yeah. or not glasses? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to allure uh, the romance one in, um, in September. September. Yeah, I was just going to bring it out that, you know, we're, things are kind of starting again a little bit as far as yes. conventions and and uh, the book signing. Uh, so it's funny, too, because we're all like, allure this, allure that. Does anybody here know what allure stands for? <laughs> it's I know if you're alluring. Oh, OK. If you're yeah. if you have allure. Yeah. Someone wants to come on over to you. Yeah. Yeah. Which but is I perfect. Think, I think I'm going to bring Felicity's um, um, outfit <laughs> for that. And yeah. so I'll have glasses, me, and then Felicity and her wig and hat. Nice. Um, we'll have to hang out some nights. Yeah. So that's, so it's called Audio Lovers Listen Up Romance Extravaganza. Oh. And allure. Nice. And it's happening this in Chicago this September 22nd to the 24th. And like you were saying, you're going as Felicity. Yeah. So how, and you mentioned the wig and stuff like that, but how does Felicity, you know, kind of show up to these events versus when Aaron goes, is there? Well, this will be the first event where <gasps> both of us come together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am fascinated because I've been having fun with, because at first I didn't separate the two of us. Mm-hmm. I always have had a pseudonym for all romance. And it's just, it doesn't matter if it's closed door, open door. Otherwise, if it's romance, it goes under Felicity. It just does. Um, and and so at first I didn't want to have all the different social media accounts because mm-hmm. I was kind of resistant to all of that. And then I realized, no, the romance world is its own world. And it's a beautiful, very vibrant world. And so they needed Felicity there on her own. Um, and then... When I got into the TikTok, I was like, what would be fun for me? Because this has got to be fun for me. Mm-hmm. And so that's when Felicity got an outfit. And now <laughs> and now Felicity has an outfit. And so she's going to, I think I'm just going to have her in my bag. <laughs> and every once in a while, when it feels like Felicity time, maybe it's time for shots. Who knows? <laughs> Felicity will come out and we'll see how that rolls. Yeah. It's going to be fun. <laughs> well, and it's me being a theater kid too. It's yeah. Like, it's fun to have, like to actually play that different role. Um, and so it's, it, it's just for me to entertain myself and hopefully a few other people. Yeah. But I also think that it allows us to, I don't want to say pretend because, but it's one of those it's things that like it gives, yeah, it's role play, but it's also a little bit of that freedom because yeah. The, you know, same thing like when you cosplay a character, you yes. embody that, be- that you know, that personality, you know, the, oh. the, the guy, the girl that's shy all of a sudden is kicking ass and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So I think that it's kind of fun. Um, I sometimes wonder, I'm like, oh, maybe I should have done a pseudonym for Vivi when it comes down to all this stuff that I yeah. do. But I like my name. Um, yeah, you do have <laughs> a very, very appropriate romance name. Yeah, thank Viviana you. Viviana is, I mean, somebody needs to put that on a book. Yeah, you know, people were like, oh, isn't it Viviana? I go, Vivian is not Viviana. No, Viviana is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a childhood issue for me. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I am so excited that you're going. And so is this yeah. going to be your first time ever? 
to a convention well, and a signing first... or is it for you as an attendee signing? So this is the first time. Uh, th- so it's the first time Allure's happened. Um, mm-hmm. And it's the first this type of convention that I've been to. So okay. I was uh, going to go to one in Texas, but then um, it just got a little dicey because of COVID. Um, and I've done voiceover conferences, mm-hmm. but I haven't ever done one that is centered around authors and there's going to be this mix of narrators as well. And I'm kind of don't know what to expect. So I got, <laughs> I got a, a couple authors that I work for. They're going to or do, do their books. Um, they're going to come down. I've I'm hoping Lisa Edmonds who writes the Alice Monroe series is going to come. And so I'm just, I want to be there to honestly, to help authors. So if that means we sign audiobooks that I've done of their books, great. If that means that I can support them and like, I just want to be there for the authors. Yeah. That's and the awesome. listeners. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I'm so fascinated. Yeah. I have no idea what to expect. Anything from potentially signing a dick pillow to... <laughs> Because it has happened. Um, in fact, there was this one uh, of something to do with like a maxi pad. It was like a running joke in her reader group. And it became like to the point where it came outside of her reader group. And so maxi pads, you know, maxi pads galore and things got signed. Uh, so. Wow. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. Well, for you guys as narrators, I mean, the authors tends to the physical book is what we've always kind of traditional you know, and um, so for the narrators, like, what do you guys sign? And um, there's been a lot of fun things that have come out of it. People are doing almost like scrapbooks mm-hmm. with the book covers. I've seen that done. I've seen um, people just doing a mat where anybody mm-hmm. signs and then they'll do color coding again with the color coding and spreadsheets. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, narrators yeah. in one color and authors in another and yeah. things like that. But even pillows, like I have but again dating myself back in the day when you checked out a book from the library card you had a camp stamp (laughs) card yep so I have two small pillows with that pattern and so I have one for authors and one for narrators double-sided right (laughs) so that's what I'm bringing it goes in a suitcase real easily you know but it'll be fun yeah so we'll have to uh off air talk about some options for you that you can have in some swag Gotta well, figure it time. out, especially yeah. with a little with the Monroe. Everyone mm-hmm. can be in Monroe. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I look forward to uh, seeing Felicity out in the wild. <laughs> My cosplay. Yeah, it. you gotta. Hey, you gotta have fun, no right? matter what you do in life. You gotta have fun. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of fun, um, what is your favorite word? Um, I I love the word mellifluous. Ooh. And it's because it feels good in my mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's got, it kind of sounds like what it is. It's mellifluous. Like it sounds like music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've always been a been a fan of that word. Nice. Never well, said it in a book. No. And I'm wondering if you were to say it, if you would triple over it, just because that would be probably, that would be my luck. It would be I a would, hot mess. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> But on my podcast, she did excellent. Thank you. Thank you. I used all my words. (laughs) My bad. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, (laughs) What about your favorite curse word? Oh, I love fuck. Fuck (laughs) is a great word. It's just got all the punch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. yeah. Nice. It's 
definitely the one I use the most and the one I have to be mindful of the most. (laughs) (laughs) I get you. I got you as the girl that can use it as a verb, now an adjective and anything. Right. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Just, I'm like crap. I'm at Disney. I can't see that. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know when they're walking six across and you're going fucking move. I can't. I'm like damn it. I'm at Disney. I can't do that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. But it would have drained the points so well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite swear word? Oh, uh, well, fuck. I think kind of like encompass it a lot but i also go bloody hell like when it's like yeah you know and and then of course being bilingual i get to have that gamut of difference oh, you know kind of curse so words depending i know spanish yes. yes they sound like yeah. they feel good <laughs> yeah not only that but i mean that's the difference too when it comes down to like the english versus the spanish you can in English, you can do something like motherfucker. You can combine and do those compound yeah. words. But yeah. in Spanish, the list is endless of how many <laughs> words you can put together. Yeah. You know, me cago en la hija de la puta madre, coño. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like there's like five right there. And you're going, yep. I'm not done with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to keep talking. It's basically just going to be a string. Yes, a long it's a string. string, and depending on where the emphasis are, the words are, and and then of course culturally, and depending on the country and everything else, they mean different things. So you're going, oh no, yeah, yeah it's fun, yeah, so good, yeah. When I get upset, I go into Spanish mode, and yeah. the Argentinian accent comes out. So yeah, oh nice, mm-hmm. yeah. They're like, oh no, she's pissed. Walk away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> just walk away. But now in English, it's fucking like bloody hell. It's just, you know, a good damn it sometimes, you know, kind of works too, but eh, options. (laughs) One of the things I do love and also because it's fun and it's also getting to know you guys is playing the game of two truths and a lie Mm -hmm. where you tell me three things about you and we have to figure out which one's the lie. (laughs) Okay. And I do say we because y'all are listening or playing along. Okay. Yes. Play along. <laughs> Play, along. Play nice. Yes. Let okay. us know if Ready? you get tried. Yes. So what are you, what are your three things, Felicity? Okay. Your three things. <laughs> Aaron. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I used to bareback ride horses. I have done aerial silks. I have skied and kayaked in the same day. Damn it. <laughs> Okay, so we have bareback horseback riding, aerial silks. For those that don't know what that is, it's literally a silk fabric, and she's up in the air flipping around and stuff and swinging. And <laughs> oh my goodness, you said uh, skiing and kayaking at the same at the, on the same day? Yeah. Oh goodness gracious, because you're going, where can she ski and kayak at the same time? Weather-wise. Hmm. Let's see. I'm going to go with the last one being a lie. Oh, you're right. But I can do that where I live. It's actually my dream of where I live. So I can ski and kayak Mm -hmm. absolutely in the same day. It's easy peasy. Mm -hmm. They're like 30 minutes from one another. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. I'm assuming, and you know, tell me if I'm wrong, mountains for the skiing part and then lower end of things. So it's, you know. So I go up the mountain 20 minutes or half an hour ski go down the mountain, get in a kayak and go on the ocean. And that's right where I live. 
it's, it's actually, I, I got close to it one day. I, I snowboarded and then came down and went to the beach, but I didn't actually get on the water. So it's the big brag here is that that's mm. what you can do in the winter here is you can ski and kayak on the same, in the same day. Nice. Yeah, but I haven't yet. You haven't yet. It's so, going to happen. Yeah. So we're just putting it out there. There will be no more lying. I know. Let's come <laughs> up with something else. When someone asks you that in your next, you know, networking and getting to know each other activity of brain ice, you know, icebreakers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, for all those, those are all HR terms. This is what I do for the day job. But anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> before we go, can you tell us what you're currently working on, if you can share, and what's mm-hmm. coming up next for you? Uh, so right now, like actually right now, I'm doing a series of sci-fi romances with uh, Stephen Dexter. And the oh, first see. set I can see... I can talk about we we so there's two different sets, two different groups. Uh, basically, a virus hits the universe. <laughs> sound, <laughs> sound familiar? Uh, it takes out most of the men on Earth. <laughs> so at Wish first, it worked the out. Popu- yeah, the, the population <laughs> is going to die out. Okay. And then they get a little knock, knock, knock from outer space. And they're like, hello, we are the Xylans. And so there's a, there's four books in that series. And then there's another book um, with five or another series with five. And it's been, it's like, it's one of those series that's uh, it's a lot of work in a good way. Cause there are all first person POV, which means I actually have to change my narration voice, my main me for each book just slightly because I'm playing a different woman that gets established in the book and they have conversations with each other because oh, they all know each other. It's so hard, um, but it's good. It's like a good workout. Um, it's mm-hmm. always good to get a group of those. Um, and then I've got, and these are romance. And then I've got a series, um, the Serenity Falls series, which is a cozy romance series by Sophie Mays. Um, that is just, it's just lovely. It's about a family on a ranch and all their kids are slowly, slowly falling in love. It's just nice to have that juxtaposition because the alien romance is a lot of fascinating things with a lot of fascinating members and multiple members in some areas. Uh huh. Oh, oh yeah. Tails. <laughs> Tails are an amazing thing. I did not know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, <laughs> and the appendages are, are extraordinary. Yeah. Um, and then I get to go back to Serenity Falls and fall and be the different kind of it, that's third person. So at least I only have to change the character voices, not the main narration. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get to have these sweet romances, which is, it's always nice to have that variety. Um, and then Aaron has a book coming out that I was so, so thrilled to do, which is called the children on the hill. And it's a suspense thriller. And it was just, the chapters are from different POVs and you don't know who you don't know kind of what fully is going on for a while, uh, which is really, really fun. It was super fun as a narrator to to do that. Um, and then I, I got to do a couple mysteries, which is nice. I don't always get to do mysteries and they are so fun. And mm-hmm. the other is Cheddar Off Dead. And that one just released and it's got the best title, Cheddar Off Dead. And it's <laughs> yeah. about a, che- a cheesemonger in Sonoma who solves the mystery. Um, or is trying to solve the mystery of a murder that happens there. So, yeah, so that's what I, I have kind of coming up, coming up and getting released uh, in the near future. Yeah. Not already released. Yeah. 
yeah, well, you never know sometimes. They're like, yeah, we have a date three weeks before it's out. And then, oh, yeah, we have a date or mm, it's been a month and a half. You're still not out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the other one, actually, I should mention is the Alice Monroe series, which I've been working on for five years. Um, Lisa Edmonds, uh, the fans have been wanting to know when the next two books are coming out. And I am set to record them in June. <laughs> so <laughs> they will be out and in your ears in August, probably August or September. Yeah. And I can. Yeah. So those are those are coming out. <laughs> nice. OK, good. Yeah, because that's the other thing, too. Sometimes I will say that sometimes when the when a book series are really long, like more than 10 books, mm-hmm. I always like, oh but when's the next one coming out? Because yeah. you start devouring them and you'll listen to everything. And then all of a sudden you got to sit and wait, you yeah. know, and you're going, or when they're serials and you know, and you're like, a lot of people don't do cliffhangers, but some of them are like that. And you're going, eh. yeah. we always, we just want more stories. So yeah. yeah. Which is great when you have multiple areas and the genres. I mean, you're going from aliens to sweet romance to some murder. Yeah. Mystery. Yeah. 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 And this, this one's like fantasy romance, urban fantasy romance. And then those, those other ones are like, because they're under Aaron, they're um, like mystery. And it was like the seventies to the modern day. One is a mystery. And then the others is like a cozy mystery. It's just fun to, Mm -hmm. I I love, I love, love, love. I'm very, very grateful that I've got um, a career that bounces around. Like, and I do a lot of YA and stuff too. And Mm -hmm. I'm just very, very grateful for that. Yeah. It's the, you can run the gamut. And the listener sometimes, I know that we have said things like, we like knowing the pseudonyms when we can, because Mm -hmm. we fall in love with your voice and your performance Mm -hmm. and how you do things. So we're like, well, what else? Well, we wait on Felicity. Let's get something from Aaron. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's, that's good. Well, thank you for sharing thank all this you. stuff. Thank I appreciate you so it. much for having me. I'm really excited to be able to hang out at Allure. I know it's going to be so much fun. We're going to have so much fun yeah. in Allure. And uh, I will be including information about the, yeah, you know, Allure, but also everything else that we talked about today in the, the, you know, show notes for this podcast over at Viviana Enchantress of Books. But I did want to say thank you again for hanging out with me and spending time. Thank you <laughs> so much. It was such a lovely way to end my day. Thank Yay. you. No, yeah. And I'll include all your links so people can follow you and, and get to know you better and then talk to you about, um, maybe we can get Gabra to do that book again thing for the <laughs> I right. love you, Gabra. Hey, call out. Yeah. So hey, remember that thing we used to- <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But we'll keep you guys posted. Know. Yes. The yeah. Body Book Love Podcast listening group wants to know. <laughs> <laughs> guys, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, happy listenings. Thank you to all of our audiobook loving podcast Patreon. Special thanks to Nixley Zenner, Carol Liebner, Line Black Peterson, Brittany Robinette Leiter, Don Darch, Michelle Bastard, Nancy Billows. The audiobook loving podcast has special Patreon access levels. Join today to receive benefits including early access to episodes, shoutouts, special exclusive content, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobookloving. We thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Books. 
for links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening.